Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. So just uh, getting back into, so we're concluding this week, Vision Weeks. How many have heard, been here with us for the month of May? And first two weeks, uh, second and third week of the month of May, we shared Vision Weeks, part one, part two. Last week, we were able to share with Ralph and, uh, about Ralph and Wanda uh, and then do this party in the park. So um, Ralph, who's been our family life pastor here, they're moving to Colorado. We celebrated them last week. Um, so that was good. It's been a month of just parties, excitement, saying goodbye. It's just like the whole range of emotions, right? So today what I want to do is um, conclude this, bring it to a bit of a close before we just launch into summer mode. I really like dedicating this time to the Lord, dedicating this season to the Lord. Everything God's been showing us about vision and things about where the church is headed Plans are wonderful, but then we lay them at the feet of Jesus, and we say, God, these are great plans, but you're the reason we're doing any of this, right? So we're going to do a little bit of that today. Um, It brings us back to the main thing. Communion is a really spiritual thing. It is just a connect point with God, the Father, remembering what Jesus did for us. Uh, It's something that we Christians have been practicing for 2,000 years And we get to get right in touch again with what he did, why he did it. And we're going to do that this morning. Uh, Before I do, and before I'm not going to put this up on the screen quite yet, but I didn't realize last couple weeks ago, you guys cheated, okay? I asked you the three words. I didn't know they were already up on the screen. I thought everyone was doing so well. So I found out after the service that everyone was so enthusiastic because they were up on the screens, and I didn't know that. So we're not going to make that mistake again, okay? I'm not giving you any aids or visual aids for help. So does anyone remember the three words that we have shared about vision? Word number one, experience. I heard encounter. I like that too, but experience. The second one, grow. Okay, see, I can tell you don't have help this time. So it's a little quieter. Number three, influence. Okay, that's right. That's what we've been sharing. Okay, now we can put them up. You guys did pretty good. Not as good as two weeks ago with the, with the help. Uh, but we talked about three things, experiencing God, growing in healthy community so that you can influence your world, right? And we talked about, like, either one without the other is not enough. You know, you can experience God and we can grow and do nothing with it. Right? How sad is that? We experience God's goodness. We encounter him. We grow up. We know our purpose. And then we don't do anything. Like, that's a tragedy. Ralph would say it's a travesty. Travesty. You know, you can grow and you can influence your world, but if you didn't experience God, what are we influencing with? You know, is it just knowledge? Is it just stuff that we've learned? I want to be those who are like, yeah, that guy has experienced God. It's changed his life. I want what he has, right? So we're after all three, experience, growing, and influencing. Uh, we shared that we're not heading in a new direction, but we're clarifying who God, who we believe God has called us to be and what he's called us to do. So we're not taking the ship in like a, a radical d- different direction here. Um, We also shared that we want to reach upstate New York by leading people to experience God, providing a place to grow in healthy community so that we can be equipped to influence our world. 
It has all those three words in it. We want to reach upstate New York by leading people to experience in God, providing a place to grow in healthy community so that we can be equipped to influence our world. We want to influence this world. We want to influence our region for Jesus, right? I mean, it, that is like why we're here. And each one of us has been given something unique to do that with. And he's created us uniquely to be able to do it. Whether you're on the school board, whether you're on the town board, whether you're a mom raising a group of, of kids at home, whether you're in the workplace, whether you're teaching and you have a classroom, wherever it is, God has called you to bring the kingdom of God to that place and influence it, right? So I love that. That is so our heart here. Um, we talked about Acts 2. I'm just going to read this. I don't have it up there, but uh, this beautiful, I love this picture. Each day, this is the early church, they continued meeting together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord was at their number day by day those who were being saved. So I love that. It says that they broke bread in their homes and they ate together. Breaking bread together doesn't mean just having a meal. It means doing communion. They broke bread. They, they were meeting together. They were taking communion. They were worshiping God. God was adding to their number. It was a Holy Spirit thing. And we have a great model to look to in the book of Acts for what God is doing, what we want him to do here. The church, how many know that the body of Christ is supposed to be a healthy place where we share life and we do life together. It's supposed to be a healthy place that anybody can come in here and can get healthy. And they don't have to be perfect to come through those doors. Um, we come together, we worship God together, and it says, and the Lord was adding to their number. We can trust that as we are faithful to do what we're called to do and do our part, that God is going to continue to add to the number so the more people can experience him. Uh, Jesus is the one who builds his church. You know, we always say that emphatically. Jesus builds the church, right? But the other part of that is he does it through people. We are the body. We are the visible representation of him on earth. All of us join together. He does it through people. We talked about this scripture through Ephesians 4. These gifts he gave to the church to equip God's people to do his special work. You can put that up on the screen, too. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Yep. Isn't that great? I love that translation. Who wants to be healthy? Raise your hand. Who wants to be growing? Right? Who wants to be full of love? Yes. So according, if we want that, according to that scripture, then it depends on each one of us knowing our place in the body and doing our part. You know, your growth is linked to other people doing their part. Other people's growth is linked to you doing your part. Because it says it here, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and full of love. Right? So each one of us, it is very important. Thank you. Very, very good. Ooh, I sound better. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> Yeet. 
I have been told by my 15-year-old daughter and by Josiah that it does not seem right when I say the word yeet. So I just want you to know, you know, so you're going to have to help me in that today. I don't understand it, but yeet, yeah. Okay. We got totally derailed from this yeet term. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So good. All right, so I'm going to just go through a quick thing here on the three-year plan. For those who have not heard this, we showed this a few weeks ago. Uh, this is just something to get it out again to us so that we hear it. It's in us. Um, these are some things that we have been praying for, and uh, we, for months and months, we, the leadership team met. We've been chewing on this stuff. We feel like God has shown us some things, and we're sharing it over the, uh, this month. First one, we're looking to grow numerically larger and spiritually deeper, right? So we want to, why do we want to grow? Is it just so that we can add more people, do, you know, get more money? No, so that we can reach more people, so people can come in here and experience God. We've got a community around here that we want to reach, that we want to see transformed. So we're looking to grow, and we're looking to grow spiritually deeper. That's part of our three words, grow. Planning at some point to go to two services. We know, I mean, today's a holiday weekend, but if you look on most weeks, it's getting pretty full in here. We're going to need to grow and expand to two so that new people come in and they don't see a full place and they don't know where to join in. We're not doing our job if there's not enough seats. Um, we partnered with Dr. Martin Trench. Remember, anyone remember Martin Trench spoke here back in March? He's a fantastic Bible teacher. Um, you know, when Martin was here, he felt a connection with us. We felt a connection with him. He's coming alongside New Hope as a teaching pastor in this season. He'll be here three times a year starting this June. He'll be doing two Sundays. Usually he'll be here doing three Sundays. Um, he's going to do a three-part message when he's here. Um, he's also partnering and working with our leadership team as we've been restructuring and to pre prepare ourselves for where God wants to, to bring us. Uh, so that has been awesome. Martin pastors a large and a still growing church up in Alberta, Canada. So, and he's going to continue to do that. Um, but he's partnering with us. And he's fitting it into his schedule, and he'll be here several times throughout the year. So it's going to be really good. He's helped us a lot already. Um, we're going to be launching new ministries and new groups, so stay tuned. Um, continuing to host special guest speakers for the region, as we've been doing for the last several years. We're going to have more this year. Harold Everly will be back in November. Um, yeah, Harold is great. Uh, and then leadership team. I want to show this again. We put it all up here really condensed, but just to highlight, um, people were asking us, who does what? Who do we go to for what? And it was really convoluted before. We had I mean, lots and lots of leaders, and we had a leadership team where it had grown, and we had people on there that weren't leading ministries, but we loved them so much and didn't want to say goodbye to them. But the Lord was saying, no, in order for you to go forward and grow, you need to clarify who is doing what. So we have done that. So we announced a couple weeks ago that Mark Rumpf is coming on staff as a director of hospitality and operations. Yep, give a hand for Mark. Yay. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark brings a huge, big pastoral heart to this, which is going to be awesome. If you've had any interaction with him and with Brittany, you know they love the body of Christ. They're like made for this. You know, they're wired for it. Um, Josiah Ball, who's our director of youth and production. Josiah has been doing the admin uh, and youth. We've shifted that a little bit more to events, media, and youth. So he's going to be focusing on that area with Mark taking, bringing more structure here to what we've been doing. Um, 
Chris Koch, you won't see him a lot, although he was playing guitar today. He's usually downstairs. There's like a whole other church going on down there with all of the children, all of the helpers, all of the teachers. Chris is our director of the Goldmine Children's Ministry. Uh, he's just fantastic, doing a great job. He's got a great team of people like Brittany and Ben Valence and all types of other leaders down there. It's like a whole operation going on down there. You should go down there at some point. Well, actually, you're not supposed to because they won't let you. Um, but we'll have to show pictures at some point. It's for security reasons. So uh, Jen DeLaRocco is our director of worship. She's just wonderful. Jen was up here today, leads a big team. There's a lot of musicians, a lot of stuff going on. They're meeting together every week, practicing. You know, the worship team was here Friday night for two hours, going through everything together, practicing. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in worship and in music preparation for us to just come right in here on a Sunday and walk right into worship. Uh, Cheryl Hayescamp is our director of pastoral ministry. Uh, pray for Cheryl. She is, her mother has some health issues. She couldn't be here today. Uh, just pray for her. Uh, she's taking care of her mom today. Uh, but she leads a great, great pastoral care team of about eight people who are very veteran, seasoned leaders, many of whom have run a church before or who are current leaders in, in, at some level here. So Cheryl does a great job, and there's a lot of pastoral needs in a community like our size. Uh, and then also John Lampanero, who's actually back here today. Now we can give you a real applause because you're here. <laughs> John is, is new to New Hope. He just started coming in the land. No. John's been here for about 40 years probably, right? Pretty close, John and Eileen and the family. Uh, John uh, just has a heart for anything prayer, prophetic. He works for Wegmans in corporate role. He has a good... Uh, understanding of leading and systems. And so he's going to be helping us in this area of director of spiritual life, growth tracks, teaching, prophetic, prophetic ministry, works with Grace Cummings, who oversees that. Um, so it's, we're really happy to, you know, John said yes. So I don't think we gave you much of a choice, but, you know, we were like, John, you have to do this. So no, but everybody has a choice. And, you know, here's the reality is these people are the greatest servants uh, leadership, man, if you've led something before, it's like they, they deal with stuff that you won't know, conflicts. Uh, I mean, it's just dealing with people, right? I mean, so really support them. Do whatever you can to make it successful for them. Uh, it's a big deal to say yes to God, saying yes to you stepping out, you know. Um, so pray for them. Think of them. Make it easy for them. This is a wonderful group of people. So let's just give that a clap. That is awesome. I am very grateful, grateful for them and for a great team that God has put together here. Um, at this point, I want to shift a little bit into communion. So, Brittany, if you even want to come up and just play. Um, you know, we have all this great stuff and great plans. If God isn't in it, we aren't going anywhere. Yeah, right? Ralph, Pastor Ralph said last week, are you enjoying God? Is there life in what you're doing you know, are you loving people? Are you growing in God? If we're not doing that, then who cares about a plan? We might as well throw it right out of the window. Um, it's about Jesus. It's about his presence. It's about us growing together, encouraging one another, um, being expanded so that all God wants to do that he can do through us. Um, so I want us to go into a time of communion. I'm going to read something here that is just so meaningful to me. If you read, we're going to go a little bit through John 17. Um, 
when Jesus was after the Last Supper, he was talking. Um, he was sharing this amuse, amazing thing in John 15 and John 16. Um, you know, he uh, gathered my thought on what I want to impart there. He had just told them that he was going to be leaving. He had just told the disciples that he was going to die. Uh, he had just told the disciples that they were going to be scattered. I mean, it was like difficult news for them to hear. You know, they had been with him for three years. And all of a sudden now he's like got them together, gathered, and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you're going to be scattered. Uh, I'm not going to be with you any longer. I'm going to be leaving, but don't worry. I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, which I don't know if they would have been really excited about that. You know, does it feel like a bait and switch? You know, you're like, okay, thanks. You've been with us. you got these big plans, but I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure that they really even fully understood what that was. Um, I just, you process a lot of what were the disciples going through at that time and knowing that he was going to be gone. So Jesus, after he shares all that stuff in John 17, it says that he spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, to all whom you have given life, he may give eternal life. He goes on to start saying, now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. He says, I have manifested your name to the men who you gave me. He's talking about the disciples out of the world. And you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. He's like saying, God, I did what you showed me to do with the disciples. And he says, I ask on their behalf... Uh, that all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine and I have been glorified in them. Uh, he says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name of which you have given me, that they may be one as we are. And he says, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them and not one of them perished except really what he's saying is Judas. You can feel the love that God has for the disciples, you know, that they had been together for three and a half years. And then he goes into this amazing prayer, and this famous prayer, and like the last thing that he shared before he was betrayed and ended up being mocked and beaten and executed, he says, Lord, that they may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be in us so that the world may believe you have sent me. Now, it's such a touching, touch, touching thing to hear that. And when I read this prayer, and if I were to paraphrase it back in my own words, here's what I hear Jesus saying. He says, he lifts up his eyes to heaven. He says, Jesus, or Father, everything that you have shown me to do, I have done. I have poured out to them. I have poured in to their hearts. I have helped, I have guarded them. None of them has perished Lord, that they would be one even as you and I are one. Keep them, guide them, fill them with your spirit. That's what I feel Jesus is saying in those words, if we were to kind of humanize it more out of the translation. That's his heart cry, that even today, that we would still be one. You know, he was praying that, the Father, let them be one, even as we are one. And let all that listen to this group of disciples, that they would be one is we are one. We're part of that outer group. 
that Jesus was praying right before he died. Father, let them be one as we are one. So when we take communion together, we're doing this in solidarity. We're, we're doing it, Lord, that we'd be one as you are one. Is the, there's such strong unity between the Father and the Son. Even today, that's still our prayer. That's still Jesus' prayer for us. Um, I love this too. N.T. Wright says this wonderful thing. What Christians do today when they meet to break bread and drink wine together is the central Christian action which links us in an unbroken line to Jesus and his friends in the upper room on the night he was about to be betrayed and denied and forsaken and arrested, tried, mocked, and executed. And it links us too to almost all Christians throughout the world today. If you think about it, what we're going to take part in today, it links us through all believers, past, present, future. This is one universal thing that God said, do this and do it in remembrance of me. It's a real spiritual thing. It's a time to connect with you and Father God. So we're going to do this together. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who might live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. This is for us as we enter the summer season together. We say, Jesus, we commit to lay down our lives as you did. God, we lay down our lives. We lay down our agendas. We lay down all the things that we think we've known and that we've even experienced. We lay them at your feet. We say, Lord, we lay down our life as you lay down yours. You set the example. Thank you, God. If we can have the ushers now just uh, pass out the bread. And just hold it and don't take it until I pray over us. of what he did when he laid down his life. 
And you don't have to be good enough to participate in communion or perfect enough. We come just as we are because he gave of himself freely. He shed his blood once and for all. something so radical you know they're expecting this is Passover so they're expecting him to go through the whole Passover routine remember this took place when everyone was coming to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover so this was a Passover meal and then instead of that he stands up and he says this is the blood of the covenant you know for forgiveness of sins and they're all like what is he talking about like this isn't how you do the Passover he was setting something new in order he was initiating a new covenant. He was showing what was going to happen, that he was going to die. His blood was going to be shed. So forgiveness of sins were going to be just taken care of. And they didn't fully understand it at that point. But they knew the prophet's prediction that God would make a new covenant with Israel. And he was going to give freedom. I don't think they understood everything that was going to happen even at this point. But let's take this together as we think of God. What an amazing thing you did. You turned the tables upside down. You did, you did what they did not even think was really going to happen. And today, because you did that, we can come boldly before your throne of grace. We can come right to you because of what you did. So in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take this together. Just stand to your feet, too. We're going to sing it. Here we are to worship. Here I am to worship. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you did here today. Lord, we take this out with us. We take this remembrance out and let us spill over into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday that we feel the goodness of you, that we that thanksgiving and gratitude emerges from us this week. We're driving in the car and we just start thinking about what you did and what it means for me today that there's freedom, that there's joy no matter what we're going through, that we can tap into that abundance of joy because of who you are and what you did. So let I bless everybody as they go out. Lord, let it be a great week, a great weekend, even as summer kicks off. Lord, that you're in every minute of it. You're in every minute of it. Everything we do fun, whether we're here, whether we're on vacation, you love it. You're looking down smiling on us. Bless everybody in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Yeet. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.